I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes talking to you about something that is important to me. Um, repeat the topic with me, please. Say fathering, fathering. On, the right road. on the right road. The role of a father is amazing. The difference a father makes. A father has an incredible ability to impact your life. How many of you would say you had a positive fathering experience? Raise your hand. Positive fathering experience. Raise your hand high, 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 high. Good. Okay. The rest of you, we understand. It's emotional. How many fathers do we have? Your father. Okay. Now, you didn't raise your hand all the way up, so let's try it again. If you are a father, I think you might be. Raise your hand. Come on. Let's try it again. You ain't sure yet. You just got to wait and see. <laughs> you might be. Okay. All right. Just trying to find out. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. When a person is a father, there is a lot of emotion for you and for the children. Because all your children eventually become grown children and they have opinions. And it's always interesting to hear, hear your children have an opinion about you. They lay out these things. Um, my, um, how many of you like to hear Christina's view of me as a father? Let's vote. All in favor of Christina telling you her view of me as a father. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. All right. Move on. Come on, Christina. Take a minute. Give her a big hand. Come on. Come on, big girl. <laughs> Why am I doing this to you? Why am I putting you in the hot seat, big girl? Come on, because it's fun, right? It is fun. You think I'm having fun? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's Father's Day. You got to be nice to me. Of course. Good. All right. Now, let's, let's ask Christina a Father's Day question, okay, that she's going to answer with such <laughs> love. Questions she'd like to ask Christina about her father. Let's see. Who wants to start the ball rolling? Questions you want to ask Christina. You got a question? Okay, in the back. You got microphones, guys? Teams, teams up? Teams rolling. Uh, back there. I, the ladies back there. All right. There you go. Oh, up on the front row. Okay, you're front and then back there. Go ahead. Question. Good morning. Christina, yeah. out of your parents, who was the disciplinarian? My father. I must say. Well, actually, both. <laughs> both were, but my dad didn't play. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. No, let's read all that. Guy. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what, what's your question? Christina, for the non, I want the non-overcoming by faith answer too, please. So, oh. <laughs> when the, it was Pastor Rick, a fun parent, I, I like to have fun with my boys, and that's why I'm a single mom, but I think it's important that you have a good time with your parents. So, did you have fun with your parents? Oh, yes, we've always had fun. I think that's one of the things I appreciate about my parents is that, you know, because we're in ministry, people tend to think that your life is just church. But we've all, they've always made sure that they drew that line and we were able to live lives, you know, just like everybody else outside of ministry. And so we would have water fights in the house. He would start the water fights in the house. Um, we had all kind of stuff. I mean, 
parties, all kind of cool stuff. And of course, we traveled with them as well. So we were able to go on all the trips. They included us in everything. And I, I think that's one of the things I appreciated was that they didn't just leave us out. They included us in everything that they did. So yeah, we had fun with my parents. I, I wouldn't lie about that. Um, boy, you got a lot of questions for Christina, don't you? <laughs> Where are we at, right here? Yes. Were you allowed to date? And if so, how did he treat your dates? How you get off on that question? That ain't got nothing to do with anything Woo! we're talking about. They getting in now, okay. No. <laughs> I was allowed to date, but I had to date at a certain age. And so I think when I turned 16, I was able to go out on a date. But my parents would always say, you can call whoever you want to your boyfriend, but you're not going nowhere with him and you're not talking to him. So, you know, you can call people stuff, but, but yes, but they did allow me to date. And my father, he was actually pretty good. I mean, he wasn't too extreme. Um, he had his moments, but um, I won't go into details about songs he's played in the house. And, Somebody came in, um, but no, nah, he was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty good compared to some fathers that I know. Okay, so. okay, okay. So, so you, so now you're real curious about what I did, right? You want to know, but you're gonna have to just pray on that one. I ain't telling you. All right, over here in the corner, right? Go ahead. Yes. Um, when y'all go on vacation, and I know this for a fact, I've seen this. Um, when y'all go on rides, you'll follow on ride with y'all doing. He does not. He stands back and read a book. Yes, he stays yeah, I back. saw him doing that one, one day at um, Walt Disney World. He was reading a book, and y'all, you, your, your brother, and your, your mother was riding, and he was standing there reading a the book. Oh, yeah. He, he, no, he don't I ride. I was reading a deal with people like you. That's why I was reading the book. Now, you, <laughs> I, know, I used to ride a lot. I used to ride a lot. and I, I did. I used to ride a lot. Let me tell you my, my riding story. I used to ride all through college, and then I, I, was, I, was, I was on a ride. I was in line. And I said, man, I don't want to get on this thing and be screaming. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, if you're a man, you try, ah, you try to scream cool, you know. And I just said, I'm tired. I'm not getting paid to do this. And, and so I, I got out of the line. I was in college. I got out of the line. I said, look, man, I'm not riding. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to do this. Why am I fake forcing myself to do this, to be cool? And they tried to block me. No, you're going to ride. I said, you better move out of my way. I told you I'm not riding. But, it, you know, I just, so I just stopped. And so, yeah. I don't ride unless I, the spirit hit me. And it ain't hit me in a few years, praise God. Uh, yes, right here. Um, Christina, how have your father-daughter relationship impact your dating choices? I think that it's a living example of what I deserve in life. I think that it's, it's good to... I think that I have something to match up to. Granted, everybody's not going to match up to my father in that essence because he's my father but i'm able to compare and say these are the qualities that i desire and these are the qualities that i deserve and so i know what to look for when i i know the signs i know different things that to peep out when i am you know dating individuals or getting to know people i know what to look for so that has helped me tremendously um, with relationships. Yeah, I'm going to jump in because I'm just curious. So what, what, what are the like, things that you... No, I'm, not, I'm, not, no, I'm serious. I just want to know. Y'all stay out of this. What, what would be... Give me like, a couple of things you think would be important to you besides, besides being a Christian and godly and all that stuff. But besides that, what would I you think say? the fact that you genuinely care. You care about every aspect of my life and you'll sit down and, and talk to me. I think it's the way that you communicate with me. You respect me as a woman, and you respect me as an individual. So you let me have my own opinion, 
but at the same time, you, you give me wisdom as well. And so I think those are the things that sometimes women don't know what to look for. You know, when a man speaks to them that's improper, they think that that's okay. And so they don't know how a man can speak to you, how a man should speak to you, or how you should even speak to a man. Because I think it's both ways. I think as a woman, it's helped me be able to communicate with a guy and know how to respect a man. One thing my father always taught me was, don't let the guy pay for everything. You know, some people think the man is supposed to just take care of everything. Every time you go out to the movies, every time you eat dinner, every time you do anything, he's supposed to do it all. But my father always said, I'm so serious. But it's helped me respect men in return because I know that when I go out with somebody, don't make them pay for everything. You know, be willing to offer to pay for dinner, pay for a meal, treat the guy just as well as you feel like he should treat you. So that was one of the best things. I always say a girl needs cash. There you go, girl. That's right. Come on, baby. You know what I'm talking about. A girl needs some cash. That's right. <laughs> My girl broke. Brother, praise the Lord. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Where you at? Mr. Barry, go for it. What's your yes. question? Christina, I would like to know were you allowed to choose your own NBA team or you were forced oh. to be a Laker? <laughs> were you forced to be a Laker fan, Christina? I want the truth. I bleed purple and gold. You know, I'm sorry. I'm a Lakers fan. There you go. Forever and ever. That's no, right. I mean, I grew up in a house that were Lakers, you right. know. We, of course, when Jordan was reigning, you know, we were all Chicago Bulls as well. But I think that, you know, we ride for our Lakers. And so that's all I know. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Thank you. That's it for you and your questions. Take the mic from me. All right, where we at now? I, I'm going to take a couple more and then I'm done. Any more? Is that, we got a couple more, we're done. Where we at? One, back here in the back. and see one here. And that's it. Okay, then we'll let you off the hook back. Thanks. Yes. Good morning, Christina. Um, I wanted to find out, do you have a favorite childhood memory regarding you and your dad? Something that really means a lot to you? I have to say the water fights. I mean, we've had some extreme water wars in our house. The walls have been extremely wet. He feels like they're going to dry. Um, he's baptized us in our sleep. <laughs> he would do this. Let's <laughs> tell the story. Okay. I don't we know what you're going to tell, but tell it, And I if guess. we didn't wake up, like, you know, he told us to get up out the bed, he would come with a jug of water and say, I baptize you. <laughs> and, and wet us in the bed, bed wet up, everything wet. That was, that was a good one. So in return, we would get him in his sleep. So, so yeah, I think the water, the water fights have been memorable. The last water fight we had, <laughs> Christina was determined not to lose. And Diane would be screaming, you wetting my house up, stop it. And so it would be, I mean, and I used to get, I used to, I used to get, uh, when they were little, I, now don't do this, okay, don't try this at home. Anyway, but, um, I, no, really don't do this, but I, I used to get the big water, the, the, the big ones, super soakers, and so when they were little, I used to buy them, we'd be in Walmart or someplace, and I'd buy one, and I said, I'm buying this for you. Little people, I'm going to baptize you. And I would put it in the buggy. Mama, you see what he got? He got a water soaker. He said, and I would tell him on June 3rd at 3 o'clock, the war will begin. June the 3rd, I'm baptizing all the children. And Diane would say, stop saying that. And the mother, if she gets in the way. And, I would, and so I would count down. I would count down. I mean, it'd be two weeks, a month, and I would count down. I'd go by their rooms, and sometimes I would go and say, this is a sample, pow, pow, pow. And then, 
I did that for weeks. And so by that time we got there, Ricky, when she was a little dressed in war clothes, we would, I, it was a horrible mess to the house. But I fixed it all back. But thank you. And her, her last water fight, she was determined not to lose. She was a teenager. And she backed me up in my bed. And she, she, it was so funny. She was so determined to win, I had to give in. And that was our last water fight. Yeah, you won. Was. She won. <laughs> she won the last one. So praise God. She did. True story. All right. Uh, we, got one, we got two more, and we're done. What was it? OK, one here. And we, 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 did you have one in the back? Go ahead, buddy. Where, where are we? Let me see the hands. I am like so over here, but it's all good. Okay, one, two, and three, and we're done. Okay, you go first, sir, and then you're next. Go ahead, yes. Okay, for Christina, I just wanted to know, uh, on Father's Day, do you always treat your father out for a Father's Day treat? And what is the most enjoyable, memorable that you would say and that he liked the most? I think that, um, yeah, we normally go out to dinner um, we give him a card. He loves cards, so I normally just stick to the card game. Sometimes, we you know, we'll get him shirts from Express and different things like that. But that's mostly what we do for Father's Day. Just spend that, that quality time together. Um, I, I have to say, the memorable moments have been the things that we've done in the house, even down to sock fights. We've even had sock fights, too. That's a good idea. But um, do with your kids, sock fights. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are been, that's, that's been my most memorable um, moments have just been the fact that we've been able to have so much fun, you know, as kids. I, I don't know why I did stuff like that. I would have, I'd, I'd have 15 socks balled up, and when they were going to school, I would chase them out of the house with socks, and, and um, even their friends, when they come by, I'd hit them, and so that was probably not my best moment, but it worked. So, but I will say yeah. this. I think also one thing that I always loved is when I was in elementary school, I would have so much energy in school. And so my father decided to start, you know, getting me up in the morning and we would go ride bikes every morning from elementary school on. We would go and ride bikes all in the neighborhood. And that's what we were even able to find our new house that we're living in now is just from us spending that. And it would just be me and him riding our bikes in the neighborhood. And so moments like that are, you know, the simple things. Some of the times we'd ride and sometimes I would run and she would ride. Yeah. And so the joy was beating me running while she rode. And uh, yeah, so we had, where are they at? Yes. I guess my question would be, Pastor Rick, to you, as a, as a pastor and a father, have you ever had any conferences with father, daughters, and I have your not. ministry? I should. That's a good idea. It's an idea. Father, daughter stuff. We'll think about that. Thank you. We have not. Someone was one more, and then we're done right here, and we're done. You get to be the last one, my friend. Longer than I planned, but worthy. Amen? Amen? Yes. Christina, how did he handle you moving out of the house? Oh, my parents were happy with me moving out of the house. <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I moved out. I went to Georgia Southern for two years when I left Savannah State. And so I was away from home at college. And when I came back home, I might have been home for less than 30 days before I moved into my own apartment. My parents supported me in moving because they felt like I didn't need my own space. And so they coached me through that. And they're still coaching me to this day at 27 years old. They still coach me. They help me out to help me learn how to be an adult and live on my own. So, yeah, they've, they were fine with it. That's right. I want you, I want you to shine, girl. Proud yes. of you. Give her a big hand. She's a sport. Thank you. That was on unplanned but worthy what I just did was the things that mentioned here in your notes Psalm 78 and 5 
you saw in living color how you teach your children. I'm not saying you need to go and have sock fights. I'm not saying you need to go get a water gun. But there was something I was trying to communicate that I care and that I want to be invested in your life. Every father is not me. Every father doesn't have my personality. You shouldn't try to mimic it. You should be you, but be a caring you. There's something about the power of that. And I think if fathers understood the impact that they have, you have the power to change everything. All the statistics say that you are incredibly important. All the statistics say that fathers impact everything. There is a uh, what's called a father factor in our nation's worst social programs. According to the US Census Bureau, 24 million children in America, one out of every three live in a biological father absent home. Nine in 10 American parents agree that this is a crisis. So consequently, there's a father factor in nearly all of the social issues facing America today. If you look at all the stats, all the numbers, every single thing is affected. Fathers are, are part of the issue. Um, in a study examining the father involvement with 134 children of adolescent mothers over, if I can read this for you, over the first 10 years of life, researchers found that father-child contact was associated with, with better social, look at this now, they have better social, emotional, and academic functioning. The results indicated that children with more involved fathers experienced fewer behavioral problems and scored higher on reading achievements. The study showed the significance of the role of fathers in the lives of at-risk children, even in case of non-resident fathers. There's something about the father's presence. And I want you to pause for a minute. I'm not going to show the rest of these stats. I'm just going to summarize them for you. So just track with me for a minute and note it affects a father's presence affects your, the crime rate, obesity rate, uh, graduation rate. It's amazing. When you look at what a father brings to a family, it's huge. Problem is, a lot of fathers don't realize that. A lot of us, if we're not careful, we get trapped in the providing mindset. My goal is to be a provider. And so I'll think more about that than anything. But what's interesting is, if you notice, she didn't mention anything about money up here. I think she should. She should come back and talk about money for a minute. <laughs> but that's not what's important to her. I mean, it's, it's nice, but that's not the issue. It's not a car. It's not help. It's, it's, it's your presence. You took us with you. It could be to the mall. It could be the Tybee Island. It could be to the beach. It could be anywhere. It's you took us with you. When's the last time as a father you've actually spent time with your children? Especially if you're not married to the, to, to the mother. When's the last time you call? Do you have children in another state that you have not on a weekly basis? I believe in constant contact. Why can't I call you every week? Why can't I call you? I promised Rick when he moved, I vowed to you that you will see me until you die. I will come and see you. I have more money, more control of my time, and I will come and see you. I will come and see you. He looked at me and said, yeah, you've been coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. I mean, 
you don't, you don't get a harvest without planting seed. It's, and it's so easy for you to get so sidetracked. But I believe that one of the most important things I do as a father is to teach. And let me show you why. Look at, look at your notes, Psalm 78 and 5. What fathers should do with the children. The Bible said he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to do what? Teach their children. That's your job. Your job is to teach. And you don't teach by lecturing. You didn't hear her talk about one sermon. You didn't hear her talk about anything that I ever, ever sat her down and just taught her. I mean, kids don't like long speeches. About a five-minute tension span. I mean, you just did much longer than that. They start going, oh, boy, here he comes. Here comes the reverend. <laughs> they don't even like me to pray long. Who wants to pray with a professional praying, prayer? I mean, really, they, they, there's, there's a sense of, uh, it's almost, it's, if we're not careful, you can create this environment where you're trying to lecture God into people. You're trying to force God into people. And that's not how it works, especially when you're a father. What you do is you teach. You teach by your example. You teach by paying attention. And listen to me, when they're little, not just when they're big, you need to know where your children are. Your, your wife should not be the sole one responsible for that. Even if you're not married, if you're not together, it doesn't matter. You should be involved. You should go to PTA meetings. You should call. You should ask. You should see the grades every time the grades come out. When's the last time you saw your kids' grades? Do you even know their teachers' names? Do you know their friends? Do you know the size shoes they wear? Do you know what they like to eat? I mean, at some point, if you're not careful, you can get so distant, and it's amazing. As a father, it's very easy. You know, in my life, uh, I have this excuse. I'm this man of God person, right? Which is a really good excuse. It really is. Christina used to say when she was little, you know, it was hilarious. She, she said, um, all right, be quiet, people. He's praying. Nobody bothering. Now, they'd step all on Diane's Bible. She tried to read. They'll roll over her, climb on her back. They, she never was off. They wake up. They, today, they don't wake me up. They'll wake her up first. I love it. Because mamas can wake up faster, right? And if they're on my side, they're quiet. Shh. Mom. I, I, think it's, I think it's amazing. And so what happens if you're not careful is all of it gets pushed. On the mom. I really think a lot of times fathers don't realize how big of a difference you can make just by being engaged. And I, I try to be engaged in all the areas. I try to be engaged. I try to teach. And you teach by doing, by being engaged in everything. What in your life did you miss from your father? What didn't he teach you? Some of you fathers are saying, well, Pastor Rick, after hearing this message, I can see a lot of things I didn't, didn't teach. Well, here's what you can do. You can go teach today. Here's, the, here's, here's why you should teach, and I'm going to show you why. You can change all this today. Why fathers should teach their children? That the next generation might know them. You can go help the next generation, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. You can start today. You can sit your kids down to be amazing. Say, hey, look, let me tell you what I did wrong, guys. Let me give you an insight. Let me show you what I did wrong. And, and, and believe it or not, I think they'll benefit from it. And it goes on to says, say this. In verse 6, this is Psalm 78 and 6, that the next generation might know them, the children of the yet unborn. And for those of you that are listening by, by I'm sorry, different mediums, it's 
Psalm 78 and 5, verse 5. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Now, verse 6, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should not so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Make sure you teach your children so they don't forget what God has done. It's amazing how important it is to that generation. So what you can do is start where you are. Instead of just wallowing in what you didn't do, start today. And then when you do that, you show them what not to do. Verse 8 is powerful because it says what, what children can learn from their fathers, that they should not be like their fathers. There's some ways that you have you don't want your children to duplicate. You can show them. And sometimes a, a very simple, open conversation can change everything. It can change the way they respond. Show them when you were stubborn. Show them when you were rebellious. Show them when you lost your way. Show them. I don't say say all the gory details. I simply say be open, be transparent. Fathering is important. And I want to tell you right now, you can make a decision today that will impact your generations for years to come. That's the part I get. I made a point um, in my life to make sure that certain things as a son as a child, did not stop me. One was I would never allow imperfections in my parents to, to, to control the future of my life. Some of you right now have pain. When I did this sermon, this is the third time I've done it, and people come up to me afterward, I hear all these stories. Well, Pastor, my father died. Or my father was present, but he never would talk. Or my father, and, and they tell me all this. And, and, and what I normally like to tell people is, do you know your father's story? Do you know how he feels? Do you, do you, do you understand that maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's another side to this, but despite the story he has, I had to make a decision to step over flaws. I had to make a decision to step over what's not perfect in people that I love. I can't allow myself. To, it doesn't pay to stay there. Someone asked me other service, they said, what if your father keeps apologizing for what he's done? If he's older and he's apologizing, he might need to. Let him say it as much as he needs to say it, or she. And once it's said to you, then you live above it. And they can't, when you get older, one of the most amazing things is, I'm 57, you think differently as you age. The closer you get to not being on the planet, <laughs> I'm closer than I've ever been. There's a whole lot of people I've laid up here. That's why I need to probably move, because I'm telling you. <laughs> Bunch of people. I'm not, I'm, I mean hundreds. There's something about needing to say certain things. Just say it. Some of you need to just call your children and just say, look, let's, let me just say this. Now, it's not going to remove everything, but it's a start. And some of you that have been so offended by your father and so hurt by him and so damaged by him. Okay, okay. Here's, here's all he can say. You ready? I was wrong. That's all he can say. What else can he say? What else can he say? 
Can you go back and change it? No. I mean, there's just moments in life when, when a person was just in a bad season. And if you trace back how old they were when they made these decisions, you go, oh, 18? <laughs> well, no wonder. 21? Oh, I, let me tell you, the older you get, these numbers don't look as old. <laughs> 22, 23, 24. Most of them, let me tell you something, you'll find fascinating college students. Most of them make the greatest mistakes between 18 and 24. You, that's when you think you're the coolest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? You put your shoe, when, you, when you're 18, here's what you do. You ready? You get up in your morning and you put your clothes on. And you, <laughs> and everybody, everybody that's older has done that. They say, here they come. Look at them. Little Converse on, little Jordans on. And they walk in there and they, and they yeah, what's up going on? Right, right on. Now, depending on the generation, when I was coming up, hey, cool, man, what's up, man? Right, righteous, 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 righteous. <laughs> Somebody said, when was that? That was a long time ago, right? <laughs> but we were cool. Right on, man, what's up, bro? You know what I'm saying? You walk like your leg broke. Hey, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you laugh now, but back then the girls would fall out of that. Ah! Got the leg broke walk. Look at it. Come on. I'm going to marry him. <laughs> marry him. Then you get your neck going back like your neck crook. You know, you just <laughs> cup your head like you had a stroke. <laughs> Shoot, you get all the girls in school like that. Now they call the ambulance when they see you. <laughs> you think, you remember that, don't you? How, do you, how many remember this? Wait, 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 wait. What used to be cool, you know, when your father was young. This was one. This used to be cool too. You know, if you get, if you're driving, you got to lean. <laughs> Head almost out the window. Can't see nothing. And then you got to have your tongue out. Whole bunch of girls joining you. Repeat with me, please. Say, things change. Come on, things change. Every now and then, you get a chance to grow. And you get a chance to see. And it's hard when you look back as a man and you see you weren't perfect. You see old pictures of yourself and it scares you but you were trying. You were trying. Hey, look, Dad, you were trying. You weren't perfect, but you were trying. And what's really tragic is, in our culture, they're trying without any help. And there are these moms who are saying, I want to be the mom and the dad. Let me help you. You can't be. God never ordained you to be both. But I'm a single parent. My mother was too. You don't Here's what you can be. You can be a super mom and make a great difference and have a good result. You wouldn't let me say I'm going to be the mom and the dad. I couldn't say that. You'd say, Pastor Rick, you can't be a mother. Well, you can't be a father. But you can be an awesome mother. God can help fill up the gaps 
And so what I want you to do is to forgive yourself, Father, if you failed in some way. If a father has failed you, pray for him, forgive him, move on. Step up and fight for the future. God will give you people. A man said something the other day that was so profound. How many of you were touched by someone who was not your father? Who touched you? Her dad. Oh, man. Oh, man. Her dad. So God brought her in your life so you can meet her dad. I like that. Her dad. Who else, who else touched you when you're dead? Yes, who touched you? High school teacher, track coach. High school teacher, track coach. Who else touched you? Yes? Stepdad. Stepdad. Who touched you? Grandfather. Grandfather. Wow. The old grandfathers. Who touched you? Football coaches. Who else touched you? Yes. Me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Very kind. Someone else who touched you? Yes. Neighbor down the hall. Neighbor down the hall. Who else? Your drill instructor. Yelling at you. He helped you. Yes. Where are we? Yes. Who touched you? Grandfather and uncles. I like that. Who else touched you? Yes. Your wife's brother. Wow. God has somebody that can touch you. Who touched you? Your godfather. Who touched you? Stepfather. Who touched you? Your husband. That's nice. I love that. My husband. Who touched you? Your father as far as he could. I love the way you said that. And then my neighbor took over. See, I think there are times in life when that happens. Last one. Who touched you? Supervisor. Supervisor. Did I see you about to say something? No? Supervisor. Yes. Father-in-law. Everybody has somebody who touched them. God has somebody to touch you. Sometimes a person can only do so much, and then God has somebody else to take over. Father, I thank you for the sermon today. I thank you for this talk. I thank you for the questions, the answers, the dialogue. I pray that we leave this place understanding our responsibility to teach as fathers. I pray that every yoke would be broken. I pray your grace and your strength would rest upon us. I ask you in Jesus' name, heal our hearts today. I pray, God, that you would bring deliverance and strength to those whose hearts have been broken by a father. And I pray that you would bring strength and grace to those fathers who feel like they failed. I pray in Jesus' name that they would never feel like they failed. And I need to say this one time. I want you to look at me and I want you to just listen to, just listen to what I'm about to say and I want you to repeat it with me. I had the most powerful conversation the other day and I'm going to do a sermon on this. I was so moved by what this exchange I had with the young man, I asked him this question, do you think you failed? And he looked at me and he just hadn't thought about it. 
One of the worst feelings in life is to feel I failed. And I told him, I said, you did not fail. You went up to bat. You had an opportunity. You gave it your best. That page is turned. That's just a journey in your life. But you did not fail. Some of you think you failed because it didn't turn out perfectly, but you are still breathing and the journey and the book is still being written. Can we give God a big hand clap? Come on in now. The book is still being written. And so, Lord, we leave this place today knowing that you have touched our hearts today and believing that you've made the difference. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and a chance to go forward in Jesus name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, after hearing today's message, I realize that I need to start a life with Jesus. To be a better father, to be a better man, to be a better woman, to be a better leader. I, I want you to pray for me, Pastor, so that when I leave here on Father's Day, I, have, I leave with a new touch on my life. I need God's favor. I need God's help. If you want me to pray that prayer for you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four. Let me see you. Five, six, seven, eight. Let me see you. Raise your hand. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. More of you. Let me see. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? Leave your hand up. I want to know who I'm praying for. I want to see you. I see you as well, sir. Thank you. I see you joining us. Thank you. Father, I pray for all of these hands who are up. And I pray for these. Every hand lifted in the building. Now, I pray for all of these in Jesus' name. I pray the grace of God upon them. I pray healing upon them, that they would leave this place changed, that they would never be the same. They'd be forgiven, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. That this would be a day that they'd say, I come as I am, and I thank you for your grace and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.